This is Food First Michigan on News Talk 760 WJR. Sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Creating a food secure state. And by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome everyone and thanks for listening. Let's talk about money for a moment. I love money but maybe not for the reason you think. I love money because it gives a person options they otherwise would never have. It's true. One of the options money gives to people is the option to be generous. Many people without money are generous, and I've seen it. So have you. But when you have means and a generous spirit, you can make a huge impact. Before long now, different groups and some government offices, like the Attorney General, will provide a list to the public of some of the best-run and, unfortunately, some of the worst-run charities in our state. I hope you will be wise and full of discernment about who you support, but also about all the treasures and blessings that come into your life. Some of those things that come into your life are definitely for you, while others are intended for someone else. You are just the vessel through which it flows. Thank you for supporting our seven Feeding America food banks. The Gleaners Community Food Bank, Forgotten Harvest, Food Gatherers in Ann Arbor, the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan in Flint, the Southern Food Bank in Battle Creek, the Feeding America West Michigan Food Bank in Comstock Park, and the Greater Lansing Food Bank in Lansing. These are all worthy of your time, talent, and treasure. Next week, the Food Bank Council that represents these seven food banks will kick off a 29-year tradition, the Michigan Harvest Gathering, a statewide food and funds drive that helps us raise not only food and funds, but perhaps more importantly, awareness. All these things are vital in our efforts to serve our hungry neighbors. There are many partnerships that make these next six weeks powerful. The Michigan Health and Hospital Association, Consumers Energy, but one of our biggest partners is the Office of the Secretary of State for Michigan. And our own Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson, is here with us in the studio today to talk about what she and her team are doing to stand in the gap for those who struggle with not having enough food across our state. Join Jerry Brisson, me, and Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson here on WJR's award-winning Food First Michigan. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for listening. Dr. Phil Knight here in the WJR studio with Jerry Brisson. Jerry, welcome. Nice to see you. It is always a pleasure, Doctor. So no time for me and you to jabber because our guest is way too important, and it's uh, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. And Secretary, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So... um, I, you know, everybody knows you, So, I'm, but we just were reviewing for the sake of the show, and um, since I just had a grandbaby yesterday, really, eight months, by the way. thank you, thank you, eight months pregnant, and you ran the Boston Marathon, <laughs> That's, of all your amazing life so far, that one really 
struck us. I'm an athlete, and I've always been an athlete and and uh, and a runner. I run two marathons a year, uh, and qualified to run Boston. Which, when you do that, you can you only got one shot, and and uh, you've got to run that one. And I, um, after I signed up uh, and registered for Boston, having qualified to run it, I found out I was uh, pregnant. And uh, and then did the math and realized that'd be eight months. Uh, it, it was the last weekend where you were allowed to travel, essentially, if you had a healthy pregnancy. Huh. Thirty three weeks, I don't remember the number. Right. And so, um, so yeah, I I, uh, I didn't think I could do it, which was sort of the first lesson. I just assumed I couldn't do it. And then I read an article about a woman with my same due date who had done it the year before, and I thought, well, if she could do it, I could do it. And then I thought, you know, I want other people to see if I can do it, then they can do it too. And so it sort of became that became the reason and I trained and took it one step at a time never thought I'd actually finish and then cross the finish line and uh, yeah it's been um, it's great for my son now who's right. three years old and uh, I ran the Marquette Marathon in August and he hopped in the last tenth of a mile and ran across the finish line with me so he'll be a runner I'm, I'm awesome. sure <laughs> when he comes awesome. when he's old enough well I I think that I bring that story out because I think it is indicative of of the breath of fresh air mm. that you bring to state politics and 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 your particular office and how um, it's refreshing for those of us out here to hear someone so positive and I well she did I can do that and yeah. if you know it just sends a super positive Thank message you. that Many I'm of us who face challenges. Thank you. That's part of the strategy. <laughs> yeah, can overcome. You. you know, yeah, and and right. that's why? Leadership. And that's what we want the people that we serve to mm -hmm. feel as well. We want them all, and I think all of us want everybody to come to a place of self sufficiency. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. how do we bring those policies alongside yeah. of them to? shore them up until they get there. And empowerment. I mean, people feeling like they can achieve whatever it is that their dreams are, what they feel led to do, what they feel called to do. My parents were special education teachers, and so some of my earliest memories are going to the classroom with them and seeing right. them you know, make sure their kids had equal access to education and uh, had an equal chance to uh, thrive. Uh, and so that was sort of deeply ingrained in me, the idea that everyone um, earns and has a seat at the table. And the uh, reason I love voting is this its expression of empowerment, this idea that you can actually determine who runs our country, runs our state. Right, right. Well, it's 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 great to have you here. I know we're supposed to talk about sure. Michigan Harvest Gathering, <laughs> Jerry, and everything, but I just I just wanted to tell if that's your goal to communicate Mm -hmm. You're doing it. Thanks. Thanks. Well, I I mean, that's sort of my broader work. Um, and the Secretary of State position is one sort of piece of that because you get to oversee elections and serve the public through our branch offices, uh, which we um, have a lot to, of work to do to improve. Uh, we've hired some great people to help right. us with that. And we've got some really great plans that are going to completely change uh, how that office is run in, over the next decade um, and put those pla in place over the next year. But um, but yeah, so but that's why these partnerships, um, you know, with with you and others who serve the public uh, and serve um, marginalized communities and those, you know, who um, who we all benefit from being right. a part of serving. We want to partner with you as much as we can in creative ways to really use the, the tools of this office and the connection we have with every resident in the state to serve all of our residents effectively. Well, we are serving the same population, yeah. right? 
Uh-huh. Jerry? Well, and I think there's a, a very strong relationship between the work we do and civil rights. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, absolutely. And your background in civil rights is outstanding. You've done a lot of work in it and have developed a really deep understanding of what people really need so that they can be their own advocate, so mm-hmm. that they can have mm-hmm. all of the chances that they need in order to be successful. And one of the things that we fundamentally believe about our work is that a people are not needy they're worth investing yeah, in right and secondly that people really want for themselves what everyone else wants for mm-hmm. them too right mm-hmm. and so working together and coming at this from a perspective of if you give people what they need to be successful they will take on a lot of that success themselves yeah. yeah and so um and so when 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 i think about the changes that have happened in the state of michigan around voting and really helping people be active in the process and how empowering that is and the message that sends to people about their own capacity, mm-hmm. I find that really encouraging and very supportive in general of the environment that we think is going to be best for people, period. Yeah, and I, I love democracy because it's this idea that everyone is equal on Election Day. We recognize, of mm. course, there are in, in, in inequities and inequalities in our society, but everyone has an equal shot to influence through their vote uh, the outcome of an election. And uh, no amount of money even can change um, a vote uh, or can change the outcome of an election if everyone stands up and exercises that piece of power that we all have as being a citizen of this country. Um, yet throughout history, We've not always, um, you know, government has not always made the, the vote accessible to all. Many communities who are marginalized have been sort of further marginalized through having difficulty accessing the vote and having their voices heard. Uh, but yet that promise in our Constitution of one person, one vote still stands. And um, for me, my my life's work has been about making sure that promise um, becomes a reality. And I think Michigan has an opportunity to re- really be a leader for the rest of the country in demonstrating that. Well, we're going to try to tie all this together in our partnership about (laughs) the Michigan Harvest Gathering in our next segment. But I I just want to close this segment by reminding everybody that you're the Secretary of State Mm -hmm. and that you published a book, State Secretaries of State, Guardians of the Democratic Process. Yes. Yeah. And and now more than ever, we're seeing how important it is to have people on the front lines protecting our democracy against any attempts to infiltrate it or thwart the voice of the people. So a lot of what I do and have been improving on is the election security provisions we've got in the state. I love it. We're going to be back here, Jerry Brisson. Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson and me, Dr. Phil Knight, we're back here on Food First Michigan in just a moment. Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. With our Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson, and thanks so much for being with us. So, all right, we got to cover what we said we were going to cover, or I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to have to change the entire (laughs) monologue. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about the 29th year of the Michigan Harvest Gathering, which is a statewide food and funds drive Mm -hmm. that we all come together in order to help our hungry neighbors. And uh, we've enjoyed a tremendous partnership with your office. And this year, working with your team has been spectacular. Wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that. I mean, we, um, we, we have our, our office values of integrity, accountability, honesty, and really service, um, and making sure that every population knows that we ultimately work for them. We work for right. you. 
So, you know, that's um, the ethos that we try to have in our office and make sure that we're meeting those expectations of the public. Well, we think the same thing. (laughs) Who do we work for, Jerry? The community. That's our boss. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, Dr. Phil likes to say I'm his boss because I'm the chair of his board, (laughs) but we share the same boss. Right. Right. And that's Mm. the people that need our help. And and that means really understanding and knowing that what we're doing is actually helping. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a further obligation when Mm -hmm. you think about the work that way. And. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you look at all of the services of the Secretary of State and who they Mm -hmm. impact, I Mm -hmm. mean, it's it's all of us. Yeah. Right. And and it's, you know, it's a great opportunity for real service Um, and also to learn beyond just kind of traditional ways and traditional interactions, how to better serve those who have very different experiences than 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 you or I may have. But um, but have, you know, a a stake and a way to teach us how we can be better as humans, but also as servants. And uh, and so I I love doing this work and, and, you know, working in the political arena, I think, is one manifestation of service leadership, but obviously the work you all are doing is an illustrative of that as well, where you're serving a community, working for a community to empower a community that we all will be better for when that community is empowered and effectively served. And our partnership brings strength to all of that. I right? hope so. I mean, yeah. you know, I think we we get acquainted with each other and each other's work in many different ways as we interact. Mm-hmm. But the Michigan Harvest Gathering really is a chance to bring us together in a special way every year to draw a little bit more attention to this issue of food insecurity in Michigan. And food insecurity, in spite of the good economy, is still a huge problem, and especially for yeah. kids. Yeah. And so part mm. of the reason we rally around this every year is to remind people that, you know, if kids... Kids aren't well-nourished. They are going to struggle in school, yeah. not not just in terms of grades, but also in terms of behavior and other yep. things. We know that you can't have a food-secure child in a food-insecure household. Mm. So we have to be very mindful, not just of the school programs that are wonderful in the mm-hmm. state, but all of the other things we need to do to make sure the environments those kids are in are healthy and nutritious environments so that those kids yeah. can thrive. And so the partnership makes a lot of sense when you you think about the people that you interact with are the same people that we interact with. And so trying to do something special now to help those people be successful at everything they do mm-hmm. is a really it's a it's a important, but it's a very life giving time of year. Absolutely. for Absolutely. Yeah. And we're all better for it uh, when that when it's successful. And I, you know, as the as the mother of a, of a three year old, um, you see firsthand uh, not just how important it is to make sure that our kids are well fed and all of the all that comes from that, um, but also that they're fed with nutritious foods uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and and learn and become sort of lifelong learners um, about how to make wise decisions about the food that they eat and um, and you know that starts you start building those habits that you know when they're a toddler and they're two uh, and and so you know the the uh, the opportunity we all have to make our state and the next generation that will inherit our state and our democracy better and prepared for that really starts with making sure that no kid goes hungry and. And the other thing that we like to remind people is that there are there are families who are struggling to make ends meet in every single school district in the state. 
Mm. It's not mm-hmm. just a problem for urban areas. There's there's a whole lot of well, we had a, a several shows recently about the farming community and how this year has been particularly challenging for them, and how getting resources mm. into rural areas is a significant challenge for uh, food insecurity work, right. and yet one that we're going to face, and we're going to be doing a lot of things this year to try to really increase the amount of assistance that's available to our rural counties in Michigan. So, uh, but even in counties that are extremely wealthy, you know, we look at the the families that get free and reduced breakfast and lunch in school. And that's one of the indicators that lets us know where families are that need assistance. And there isn't a school district that doesn't have, or a school, not just Mm. a district, but a school. There isn't a school Mm. in Michigan that doesn't have some kids Mm -hmm. that are qualifying Mm. for that program. Mm. Well, that means that uh, for a family of four, those families have an income, something less than $35,000 a year just to qualify. Mm. Well, I mean, so that's every single school in Michigan. Yeah. So, you know, it's a a problem that, that does strike everyone close Every to home. Every community, yeah. And so we we keep drawing attention to it because we we can't solve a problem that we don't know is there. Mm-hmm. And people aren't going to walk up to you and say, hey, I'm struggling with feeding my family. They're yeah. not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So it, it becomes our job to make sure that people know and mm-hmm. also know there's an answer and there's help available. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a great reason why this partnership can really yield um, great success because we've got a branch office in every county, 131 throughout the whole state. Mm. And I visited every single one in my first uh, the first few months of my term, the first 100 days. Uh, and you saw um, the, the diversity of our community in Michigan from you wow. know Bessemer and the sort of westernmost part of the UP, uh, you know, down to, you know, um, Hillsdale and um, Brownstown, where I'm, I'm going to visit today and, and, and uh, stop by those those offices. Um, so we, we've got a, a, a wide range of, of people to serve. Sturgis, right on the, you know, the border with Indiana. Um, you've got, I'm sure, you know, you've, uh, you've got an Amish population, a Latino population there. And just our state is so beautifully diverse, but um, but the needs of each community are, 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 are unique, um, but there's some connectivity that I hope our branch offices can help you all connect with. One of the things I think um, that food banks do, and they do very, very well, is they communicate through food and the quality of Mm. food that they distribute, the value the person has Mm. to us. Mm -hmm. And so when we join Mm. with the Secretary of State's 131 offices across the state, I think that we have a powerful opportunity to show people and demonstrate to people how much, how important they are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, on their behalf, you opening up all of your offices as a a place where, and I know we're normally trying to get, tell people not to come to the Secretary of State's office, Mm -hmm. use Express and all that. Oh, yeah. But in this time of season... you must be there. We want you to come. (laughs) You have to be there. Or just stop by. Yeah. And and, and they're they're allowed to bring food into into the offices, and you'll get... Then we'll work... Our teams will work together, and we'll we'll be able to collect that and get it distributed. And it's a way to show people... 
you're important and we care. Yes, exactly. Starting October 2nd, running through November 15th in every one of our offices, people, our, our residents will be able to drop off uh, non-perishable food items uh, right. to serve uh, the, uh, the those who are hungry in their own community. I, all know, I yep. know all food stays in the community in which it's um, given and donated and, yep. uh, and they can also make financial contributions as well. Uh, we have expanded our appointments to every single one of our branch offices so people can even make an appointment and skip the line entirely uh, to um, when they do their visit and uh, take care of their business and then also um, uh, bring food with them and, and donate that. So we're pl- proud to do that. And even if you don't have a plan to go to a branch office uh, in the near future, stop by and uh, use that as a portal to serve your community and donate some food. I think it's really important to remind folks that the food and the funds that are collected at the local Secretary of State's office stays in that yes. community to benefit their community. Yes, yeah, it's a way of direct, directly serving your neighbors, uh, particularly at this time of year leading into, I know December's not too far, a little bit, a bit far away, but the holidays and the season of giving and service. Uh, so it's a way to begin that celebration and really, you know, again, serve your neighbors and ensure that we all have equal access to, um, uh, to, to good food, but also, um, you know, quality life, quality of life in our community. We've got one more segment with you. You can stay around, I hope. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, great. Jerry Rasson, Dr. Phil Knight here with our Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson. You come back and be with us. We're going to be right here. Food first, Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. Well, we kind of touched on it in the first segment, but I'd really like to circle back there to, you know, some of the other work that you're doing that gives our folks, the people that we're serving, Mm -hmm. particularly a voice. I mean, we're at a unique moment in in the history of Michigan's democracy where our Constitution was amended in November of 2018 to expand um, access to the vote. Now citizens can register to vote uh, up to and on Election Day. They're automatically registered when they come to our branch office and get an ID or license uh, unless they opt out. Uh, And uh, we announced uh, this week that in November, uh, a couple months from now, we will be launching an online portal for 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 certain eligible citizens to register uh, to vote online, uh, joining 17 other states that have that. So um, so there's, there's really no excuse. Every eligible citizen uh, has an opportunity to be registered even on Election Day itself and cast their ballot and ensure their voice is heard. Uh, the challenge really is making sure people feel that their voice should be heard right. uh, and and communicating just how important it is, for, particularly for, for citizens who may not um, have, you know, grown up in a culture of voting and, and, and seen firsthand uh, through other ways how their vote can can lead to change in their community. So it's such an uplifting, powerful, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I hate to sound like my eighth grade civics class here, but it really is. Oh, yeah. It's the promise of democracy, the promise of equality in our in our country. Uh, and, um, you know, my my hope is that we will really move the needle in engagement and turnout throughout my administration to ensure those communities who aren't engaged, who aren't voting, realize the power of their voice. And, and you know, many of those are citizens who you serve as well. You know, the other thing that I, you know, I, I went to the Civil Rights Museum in Memphis mm. and you walk through there and see the price that was paid in order to win 
the right to vote. Yeah. And not only win the right, but then to win access. Yeah. Right. Um, and so there's been a heavy price paid already to make this possible. And and we have to honor that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's it's part of not just our duty as citizens to vote, but it's part of our legacy um, as people mm-hmm. to respect that right and to really promote it in every way we can. It is the way that we can make a difference. And I know one of the reasons why people don't vote is, A, they just don't think it matters. Mm-hmm. But, you know, every little bit does matter. If a little bit better is better. Yeah. And so you might not feel like you got the person that you wanted to vote for in that place where you could do that. All right. Well, then next year, be a little more active and get that person in. That's yeah, certainly. And also I see firsthand in Lansing how the decisions are made oftentimes with an eye towards, you know, who's going to hold me accountable. I see this in the legislature all the time. Um, And those are people who are actively voting. Uh, People who, um, you know, your legislators are more likely to listen to you, to listen to your community if, if there's uh, higher voter participation. So even if you may not have voted for the person who's won an election, your ability to influence the decisions they make continues if you continue to vote. And we've been going to communities um, across the state that have historically low engagement and turnout and found a direct connection with the funding that those communities get from Lansing for mm-hmm. schools, for roads, for bridges, over train tracks, everything that you're seeing, um, you, you know, you'll see more funding go towards communities where there's higher turnout turnout, a higher engagement. Uh, and so there's a direct financial impact on your community when you vote uh, as well. And so we're going to be working hard to, to try to equalize that uh, by getting more communities that aren't engaged, engaged in voting. So if you took that, if that was on a GIS map yeah, and you laid that down mm-hmm. and I came in and I laid down our GIS map on food, mm. secure, food mm-hmm. insecurity, mm-hmm. you think those would be the same communities? Potentially. Uh, and then you can also ask the question if, if those communities where there, where hunger is 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 a significant challenge, um, you know, what would it look like if their legislators were more responsive to them, bringing more funding to the community, more funding to um, uh, f- provide space for parks and farmers markets and investments in the, the agricultural communities nearby? Uh, you know, it, it's um, you, you can see, I think, a difference. And, and so the vote to me is, is the most most powerful tool we have, not just in electing people who represent us, but in making sure whoever is elected represents us and fights for us and listens to us while in office for the you know two or four years in between election day, uh, and uh, and so that's my hope to really communicate that and to demonstrate as well to communities um, that you know we all do serve all citizens in the state uh, and uh, and in myself and and others in Lansing I think want to work hard to make sure we're effectively serving those communities who may not have had as much attention or investment in years past. You know, it occurs to me there's another parallel here in that when we talk about um, vote and uh, registering for people to vote and helping them understand how important they are to this process Mm -hmm. uh, that you just described, um, that, you know, that we want every—I want everybody to be registered to vote. Yeah. And at the same time, I, I want everybody to be food secure. Yeah. And you know, it, 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 there's a couple of issues that are floating around Lansing mm-hmm. that should unite us, mm. not divide us. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the ones you're talking about and one of the ones we're always talking about are two of those issues. Mm-hmm. They ought to be bringing us together, not causing us to 
pick sides. Yeah. And I think we are at a unique moment in our in our country's history where there's a lot of incivility, political, potentially particularly in politics. Um, and I feel like, you know, I've talked with my colleagues, other secretaries of state, uh, Democrats and Republicans, about trying to lead in, in bringing people together to say, even if we disagree and we have different experiences, different solutions, we're all equal on Election Day. We all have a stake in our community being one that's healthy uh, and effectively served. Uh, and so, you know, we, we do need to come together through democracy um, and find ways to find common ground. Uh, and my hope is that our elected leaders will will ultimately start moving in that direction. We formed a task force on civil discourse, myself and the Ohio Secretary of State, Frank LaRose, to try to promote this. Uh, but I think we we do need to move towards civility more where we can disagree without being disagreeable. Uh, and I think it's incumbent upon all of our elected leaders uh, to start demonstrating that. Jerry? You know, in your own life and relationships with people who you interact with, right? Whether it's family members or, mm-hmm. you know, family members you may disagree with, right? Yeah. Um, He's how... not talking about reunions. <laughs> maybe. Right? maybe. Yeah. maybe. <clears throat> you think about how do you behave, mm. right? I mean, you start from a place of saying, I'm going to be around these people for a while, so I'm going to be respectful, at least initially. <laughs> now, you know, by the end of the barbecue, who knows? <laughs> but, but, I mean, and I think there's a reason for that, right? Yeah. It's not just because... It's a self-serving way to be, though there is some of that. It's because there's a there's a common sense reality toward being civil, mm. right? Mm-hmm. It's just it just makes sense when you walk in, and 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 then take that to when you walk into a room with people you don't know. Mm. I mean, just for self-preservation's sake, mm-hmm. you're gonna say maybe I should be a little bit polite, right? I mean, I don't know these people. I don't know, you know, what they're gonna mean to me. Well, even more so when the person in front of you is someone you know has a significant amount of pressure and responsibility yeah. to accomplish difficult things. I mean, politics is hard work. Yeah. It's, I mean, we, you know, we make fun of, of politics and the swamp and <laughs> special interests and all those sorts of things. And, you know, it is always fun to poke fun. Mm. But at the end of the day, and I work with an awful lot of people who are trying to accomplish an awful lot of good things, there's a lot of pressure. There's a, there's a lot of effort that it takes to be good at it. And a lot of the people involved are taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you approach it from the perspective of these are people that deserve respect for their position and for the effort they're going to make to make a difference, it's it, it seems like not a far leap mm-hmm. to say we should be civil. Well, how much more so when we're dealing with vulnerable populations? Absolutely. People that we yeah. need to understand what what exactly do they need and want so that they can be successful mm. and approaching it from not a perspective of conflict but or scarcity even, but from a perspective of we all really do want the same things. We want a community that's thriving. Mm-hmm. We want a community where everybody has a fair shake at making it on their own. And if those are things that we want, then, you know, civil discourse is pretty much a prerequisite. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think we, uh, you know, we we all have a lot more in common than we realize, and we all have a lot to learn from each other, uh, and so that really I think helps us if we can start from that perspective um, where we're listening more and um, you know chastising less. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can come up with some good solutions and learn learn a little bit along the way. Uh, I'm I'm convinced of it, and you know one of the things that we've been able to discover in Lansing. Uh, with with the state of Michigan is that we haven't found anybody that wants kids to go oh, hungry. Oh, yeah, yeah, certainly. So if we start there, yeah, I agree. And we might 
we yeah. might need a little discourse, civil, mm-hmm. uh, uh, about how we're going to approach that yeah. and how we're going to deliver that. But, you know, it's, it's unfair to children um, to expect them to uh, excel and become this workforce that we need them to be when there's that, you know, when they're struggling with food insecurity. And we say on the show quite often that if you're hungry, you only have one problem because your mind's not free from the toxic stress of food insecurity to be and to yeah. come who yeah. you can be. Yeah. So um, I, I think that there's a lot more that unites us here. Mm-hmm. And um, we want to come alongside of you. We thank you for coming alongside of us yes, and opening certainly. the it's offices. Yeah, and the, and I think this is just the beginning. We'll find out different ways that we can work together um, and really engage those who you serve uh, in being engaged in our democracy, whether it's voting, serving on the Citizens Redistricting Commission, uh, which is another opportunity being engaged in the census. Yes. Uh, you know, there's uh, 2020 is, um, you know, our democracy is going to be on full blast <laughs> between the elections, the census, redistricting, lots of opportunities, and more important than ever, that particularly particularly those in our most vulnerable communities, um, but everyone's engaged and voices are heard. Well, thanks for being with us today. And I I think I walk away from this conversation. um, And you are Michigan's Secretary of State. You are Jocelyn Benson. But I think you are our guardian of the democratic process. Well, thank you. I am honored to to hear that. And we're working hard every day to make our government more accessible and transparent and our democracy one that we all want to participate in and feel proud to do so. Thank you. Thanks. Jerry and I are back in just a moment. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight, back here with you in the WJR studio. Jerry, uh, our Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson, and uh, quite the refreshing person who holds a statewide office. And I, I, the first word that comes to my mind is it, she is very genuine. There's no question about it. And enthusiastic. I mean, and I... This I, is her call. There's no doubt she spent her life trying to make a difference in this arena. She has a lot of good ideas about how to do that. She's motivated to make sure it happens. She, you know, offered several times to let's do more, let's do more. And uh, that's what you want to see, right? And and it's a picture of government we don't get enough of, is the number of people involved who really are enthusiastic, believers in the process, and who want to do more. Well, you know, I, I just, I really enjoyed your conversation. And, um, I I enjoyed sitting next to her so you can really get the feel for the person, right? And I, I don't mean to say that I don't get that from anybody else that we work with across state government because I get it a lot. But this was my first opportunity to talk with Secretary Benson and in this close of a setting. And I, I have to say I, I walk away inspired and encouraged. Well, we say if we're going to solve this problem... We need to bring smart people to the table who win when we win and who want to make a difference. And Secretary Benson's one of them. There's no question in my mind. Well, it's true. And I think there are um, some correlations here that we, we touched on, but we didn't get to unpack. So let me ask you to do that for a moment. And that is, we feel that one of the benefits of a food secure home is empowerment. We talk about it being stable. We talk about empowering. 
And Secretary Benson talked a lot about how when you're engaged into the democratic process, it's empowering. Well, she talked about really practical ways that that is true. And I and it really is something I haven't thought about in the way that she described it. But the people that are out there voting are are also the ones that, in fact, are getting the most money. I mean, so if, if you think... In, into their community. No question about it. It's like, okay, well, that's pretty practical. When you talk about empowerment, it means a lot of different things. It certainly means feeling like you can be successful, right? I mean, that's part of it. But I'll tell you what, it also means opportunity, hmm. right? And boy, it was really clear in what she said that voting brings opportunity to your community, even if... The person that you voted for isn't the person that won. It is still bringing tremendous opportunity to your community when you get involved, and that is empowering. Well, you talk about opportunity, and one of the words that's a synonym for opportunity in what we're talking about is money. Right. I mean, and as we said in the monologue, money gives you options you otherwise don't have. And what we're talking about here is the greater the turnout in the in the community at the precinct, the greater the opportunity is to bring resources back into the community. No question about it. That was a really good connection to make. And the people we serve want and will take advantage of opportunity if it's there for them. I think so. So I guess it's time for a little food for thought. October marks the beginning of the giving season. The recent changes to the tax laws have made charitable giving mute in regards to many people's tax return. In order to itemize, the new threshold is quite high regarding income. But yet many of you will give despite receiving no benefit to your taxes. Why? I think there are two compelling reasons. One is that you realize that not every good thing that comes to you is for you, and some of those things are meant to pass through you. Thank you. Second, because you realize, as Jerry and I do, the people we serve are truly worthy of investing in. It isn't just about charity. It is about believing in the people that we serve. So thank you for believing in them, and thank you for believing in us. Tune in next week here on WJR, and thanks to Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan, who also believes in us and our mission of a food-secure state. Catch our podcast at foodfirstmichigan.org. And until next time, remember, it really is food first, folks. Food first. Food First Michigan, presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.